Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, October 4th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So volatility was the name of the game in the markets this week. The Dow and the S&P 500 got off to their worst start to a quarter since the Great Recession, plunging over 800 points in the first two days of October. The Dow tumbled another 300 points early in yesterday's session before finding some footing and closing up 122 points. And you know what the pundits said drove the late-day rally yesterday? Here's what Reuters said. Wall Street climbed, quote, fueled by expectations that the Federal Reserve would cut interest rates in an effort to thwart a wider economic downturn. Isn't that special? Anyway, Dow futures were pointing down this morning as everybody awaits the September jobs report. Gold also yo-yoed this week after a significant correction that pushed the yellow metal to a two-month low below $14.60 per ounce early in the week. Gold rebounded as stocks plunged and pushed back above $1,500 per ounce on Wednesday. The rally pushed the yellow metal back above its 50 day moving average. Silver saw an even bigger jump. It closed at 1701 on Monday and was up to 1765 by Wednesday afternoon. That was a 3.8% increase. So what caused all of this up and down in the markets? Well, shockingly, I'm not going to talk about the trade war. The thing that really moved markets this week was some pretty grim economic data. Oh, wait. I do need to point out that the Trump administration did slap a bunch of tariffs on products from Europe, including Scotch whiskey. I actually saw a few of my protectionist friends question their position, at least momentarily, when that news came out. That tax might actually hit them in the pocket. Anyway, as Peter pointed out in his podcast, everything was all sunshine and roses as September came to a close. He said for a couple of days, the economic news wasn't quite as bad as it could have been, or maybe some of the numbers actually were a little better or even beat expectations. There seemed to be this idea that, hey, maybe the economy is not as bad as some people had feared. And then reality reared its ugly head at 10 a.m. on Tuesday when we got the ISM manufacturing numbers. U.S. manufacturing dove to a 10-year low. The ISM index of national factory activity dropped 1.3 points to 47.8 in September. That was the lowest number since June 2009 as the economy was emerging from the Great Recession. A reading below 50 signals manufacturing is contracting. The weak September number follows on the heels of a 49.1 print in August. Analysts had expected a bounce back to 50. A private sector employment report from Automatic Data Processing reinforced bearish sentiment on Wednesday. It reported only a modest 135,000 jobs created in September. Analysts took this as another sign that hiring is slowing. The average monthly job growth over the past three months fell to 145,000. That compares to 214,000 over the same period in 2018. Then on Thursday, the ISM released its non-manufacturing index, and it indicates a slowdown in the service sector. That number came in at 52.6% for September, down from August's reading of 56.4%. The data was much weaker than expected. The consensus forecast projected a reading of 55.1%. It was the lowest reading in three years. The mainstream pundits warned that disappointing service sector data could boost recession fears, as this is the largest component of the U.S. economy. 
The jobs report for September should come out as I'm putting this podcast together. I left my crystal ball in Kentucky, so I can't really tell you what the report is going to say, but I can give you some anecdotal evidence. Jobs don't look good right now. I'm starting to hear about a lot of layoffs. For instance, Kroger plans to eliminate a bunch of middle management jobs. The company didn't give any numbers, but the words hundreds was thrown around a lot. HP also announced job cuts. The company said it plans to slash its workforce by 16%. WeWork told its employees to expect job cuts, and Sports Illustrated cut 40 staff members. Good thing this is the greatest economy in the history of America, right? Sorry, I can't help the sarcasm. President Trump has oversold the economy for so long, and I still hear a lot of hardcore Trump supporters parroting this mantra, despite the growing pile of evidence that the economy is shaky at best. There's certainly nothing objective that you can point to that backs up this notion that the economy is great. I'm afraid a lot of people are going to be genuinely shocked when the bottom completely falls out. And that may not be far off. I mean, by a number of measures, we're already back to 2008. Peter said the only thing this economy really has going for it is massive deficit spending. He said what is driving U.S. GDP is consumers spending borrowed money and the government spending borrowed money. That's it. That's the secret. Have a borrowing binge and spend a bunch of money to try to artificially boost GDP while the actual economy, the real economy, is imploding. Now, speaking of borrowing, the U.S. national debt increased by $1.2 trillion in fiscal 2019, which ended on September 30th. This follows on the heels of a $1.27 trillion increase in the national debt in fiscal 2018. The gross national debt currently comes in at a staggering $22.7 trillion and climbing. To put this into perspective, when President Trump took office in 2017, the national debt stood at $19.95 trillion. Last February, the national debt topped $22 trillion. That represented a $2.06 trillion increase in the debt in just over two years. And the borrowing pace continues to accelerate. I mean, we're getting close to topping the $23 trillion mark. Here are some numbers that will put this into a bit more perspective. I got this data from Wolf Street. The national debt increased by 5.6% in fiscal 2019. The the debt now amounts to 106.5% of current dollar GDP. That's up from 105.4% at the end of fiscal year 2018. Or to put it another way, the economy, as measured by nominal GDP over the past four quarters, grew by $830 billion dollars with a B. The gross national debt grew by $1.2 trillion with a T. I don't know. That seems less than ideal. Actually, it's nuts. The government is spending money like we're in the depths of a recession. The pundits in the mainstream media tend to focus on the Trump tax cuts as the cause for the surging deficits and growing national debt. But revenues are actually up. Spending is the real culprit. The last time we saw trillion-dollar deficits was during the Great Recession. Wolf Street had some pretty interesting observation on all of the spending. The article said, The thing to remember here is that this isn't the Great Recession or the financial crisis when over 10 million people lost their jobs and credit froze up and companies went bankrupt and tax revenues plunged while outlays soared to pay for unemployment insurance and the like. This isn't even the collapse of everything, but the longest expansion in the economy in the U.S. ever. 
So although tax receipts are up, they're growing more slowly than the economy. This is the impact of the tax cuts. Wolf Street noted that, in effect, Americans are buying this economic expansion with borrowed money. This is the same thing Peter's been saying. It's what I've been saying. Imagine what these debt numbers are going to look like when the recession actually hits. Wall Street said, with tax receipts growing more slowly than the economy, an outlay soaring 7%, it's hard to have a recession when you think about it. You're buying the continued expansion, but you're paying a very high price for that extra stretch because someday that expansion will end, and then what remains is the debt. And that debt will then really blow out because, as they always do during a recession, receipts will plunge and outlays will spiral higher. Like I said, this seems less than ideal. I mentioned that stocks rallied yesterday as the market started considering the likelihood of more rate cuts. Well, we're starting to hear Fed officials hint that they are open to another rate cut. This is shocking, I know. I mean, Powell has assured us that this is a mid-cycle adjustment, right? Not a true easing cycle. I wonder how many cuts it will take before they call it an easing cycle. Heck, they can't do a whole lot before they get to zero, which is exactly where they're going. Here's some Fed speak for you. Chicago Federal Reserve Bank President Charles Evans said the outlook for the U.S. economy is quite good, but modest monetary policy adjustments won't be enough to offset potential shocks. So let me translate that to you into regular English. I'm going to keep telling you the economy is great because that's what I'm supposed to say, but we're ready to cut the hell out of these rates and do more QE when everything goes in the crapper. And what exactly is he hinting at anyway? What would constitute non-modest adjustments? Like I said, we're scraping towards zero already. Peter tweeted out a pretty poignant question given the stock market struggles this week and all the bad economic data that came out. He said, quote, given that the Fed is out of ammo, how will it keep the house of cards from toppling this time? After all, the Fed has already used up much of its ammunition. Peter also tweeted, the Fed bailed out investors by reversing policy, moving from rate hikes to rate cuts, and going from QT to unofficial QE. But with those bullets fired, what's left in the chamber if the market tanks again in Q4 2019? Well, that's a damn good question, Peter. Now, I've got a question for you. Are you ready for all of this? Is your portfolio set up to weather the storm or maybe even profit from it? A Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist can help you with that. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Do it today, because between you and me, I don't think there's a whole lot of time left for this house of cards. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links for all of that and a couple of articles of interest on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, as always, we invite you to share your comments, thoughts on what's going on in the markets, particularly with precious metals. But whatever comments you want to leave, feel free. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show. I really do appreciate it. I hope you have a great weekend and I'll talk to you next time.